Coming up on the Talking Truth Podcast. Sir, what does being a type 8 mean? Stubborn. Okay. Strong-willed. Okay. Um, maybe, uh, I mean, if you're that strong-headed person and you're just like, I got to do this, I got to do this, I got to do this, you're not really taking a look at yourself and being like, well, Alan, this could be a personality trait that you may want to just assess and look back on. Are type 8s really rare or might they just be a type more focused on? It was one of those times where, again, like uh, a headlock that turned into just like, like, oh shit. Like, why was I doing it in the first place, right? We, we could go back to that and say, why, yeah, yeah. why would you do it in the first place? So I would say that I would be band leader, uh, driving force to get things done. Determination, drive and ambition, almost like empathy, right? Yeah. Acceptance where you're just like, what things do you want to control and what things don't you want to control? I, I think you just said it perfectly. What did you say? The the father figure and like the fun uncle. Yeah, the fun like, uncle. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So that's like, that's like, again, without, I love this, without necessarily even knowing the technicalities of the Enneagram, that's like that eight wing seven vibe that, that you kind of just said um, really perfectly, actually. All right, everyone. It's been a while, but welcome to another episode of the Talking Truth podcast. And uh, this is going to be an exciting one. It's kind of a continuation of our last one that we had with Chris and even going back a couple other ones because our guest today has has come up in a couple podcasts thus far. We've oh, talked no. about him a bit. So uh, today we're going to get his perspective on things. We're joined by Alan here. Hi. What up? And uh yeah, you've come up a bit because you were part of the uh, the band that we talked about quite a lot with Chris's podcast. And then, like I said, yeah. even going back. So uh, I think we'll get to all these topics and more. But let's start off with uh, what's your familiarity with, with the Enneagram in general? Because that's kind of the framework that I nest all these conversations in. Yeah, so for me, um, it's mainly what you tell me it is. That's, <laughs> I mean, at, th at that point, it's it's pretty much, Alan, I think you're this based off of the history we have together of the last, what? I mean, well, high school and everything like that. But I mean, yeah. business partners for over what, five five years or so. Uh, I just go with what you say. <laughs> so if I'm a, type, if I'm a type A, was it eight? What is it A? Okay, eight, so right? that's you have what some idea that, that you're a type eight. Yeah. And you say that's probably what I suggested, but at least have you looked, like, do you agree with that? Have you looked up the Enneagram at all to like read about the types and be like, uh, yeah. Yeah, or, I have, you know, yeah. and I, I've done some research and uh, not a whole ton, but enough to where based off of what you've said to me, yeah, I'm like, all right, I just gotta, I gotta see if this is the exact thing that Elliot, you know, is talking about. And you start reading through everything and you're like, yeah, I think that's, uh, that's, it's pretty good. Okay. <laughs> it's pretty good. Now, I don't know if there's anything in between there, if there's more, if like I'm, there's like an eight and then a, a little bit of an eight or a seven or just, you're just one big oh, type okay. eight. Yeah. Okay. You know, All who right. knows? Um, so the question is anything in between there, like, can you be multiple types or are, right. are there, you know, am I just a type eight or like, how does this thing? So do you know do you know the answer to that or, or is that's that a question? That, maybe that's one we'll divulge into okay. on this All right. podcast. Well, let's do yeah, that. I'm not sure. Let's start with what is what does being a type eight mean? What like what what do you read and be like, yeah, that that makes sense, that resonates, or what does being a type eight mean? Stubborn. Okay. Strong willed. Okay. Um maybe uh I mean we'll get into this arrogant. Right okay. or some sort of uh, some sort of cockiness of some sort of 
thing, I guess. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> All right. Um, you know, persistence. Yeah. Um, I mean, is that I guess some kind of? Am I going down that line of yeah? Of what the yeah, what strong-willed. I think even uh, when we were talking briefly, like over this podcast, you know, you used the word like alpha male, like there's that kind of That's alpha right. male yeah. vibe to yeah. it. Yeah. Maybe another word, A, maybe sometimes asshole gets thrown in the <laughs> That is also uh, accurate. Okay. So we're just, we'll just keep bringing more words in and I'll be like, okay. Word associated. Yeah. No. Well, so there's a couple things. Uh, there's a couple things even about, okay. So first of all, we'll go back and kind of answer your question. Yeah. General Enneagram theory says that you also have something called the wing, which is if you're an eight, but there's this circle and you're an eight on the circle, then you're next to seven and nine. So generally speaking, then um, one of the types you're next to is going to rub off on you more strongly than the other. Okay. And I won't suggest what that is necessarily at this point. Okay. Um, maybe we'll just see if that kind of naturally comes out in the conversation or something like that. The circle of trust. Yes, the, it's all about the circle. Circle of trust, the circle of trust. <laughs> and then furthermore, your number is connected to uh, two other numbers on the circle that uh, kind of explain, okay, so you're this type and this type is neither good nor bad, but there are healthy and unhealthy expressions or kind of versions of this type. And these two other points that you're connected to kind of speak to ways that when you become unhealthy, you it, it takes on the feeling or the character of this yeah. other type. Yep. Or conversely, you know, if you're looking to get out, like you're just stuck in like this one way of being that uh, becomes limiting or frustrating or produces suffering, then you can kind of look to these other points that you're connected to as like, oh, I didn't really think like this I didn't think of being this way. Like it's not intuitive me to, to to act this way or see the world this way. But now if I try it on, like I can see the the benefit in that. I can see the the useful. I can I can see how that um, broadens my perspective or my my experience in some way. So okay, yeah, all right, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that makes sense to me. Okay, so I think I think my next because I want to I want to labor on this point a little bit other than like um, just like kind of accepting like. Uh, you kind of know about the Enneagram. You looked it up a little bit and like um, whatever type you tell me kind of thing. Because I think there's even something worth exploring here because it's true. Like, you know, I told you about it and you've kind of looked into it to some degree, but it's also true. Like say Chris, the last guest, like I tell him about it and he goes like, oh my God, I need to know everything about, like I need to study it. I need to become like an awesome student. Like, I, like so yeah. there's certain people that I'll introduce to this and they'll really take it to it and they'll really become fascinated by it. But then there's others who, you know, like, ah, that's, that's crap. That's just like, this doesn't even make sense. You know, who like totally dismiss it. And then there's others who's like, oh, that, that's kind of interesting, but like, yeah. I'm not going to spend a lot of time like investing in it and trying to learn it. So, I'm asking you not this as not like a challenging question, yeah. but like you looked it up a little bit, maybe it kind of, but you know, like why, why do you think you're at that point where it's like, well, I haven't, I haven't gone crazy investing my life energy into like, it, so in general, like is personality interesting to you or is it like, I don't know why I'd need to know all this stuff. Like I kind of know who I am. Yeah. I think, I think 
I would be leaning more towards Chris's motion, right? To have more of a view on these things, right? Because again, self-reflection is huge. Yeah. Mental health is huge right now, especially all across the world, right? Ever since, you know, post-COVID. Okay. Um, but I would, I would, I would, I would admit that I think I'm more of into not the, you know, I don't give a shit about it or I'm, yeah, this is okay. I can really kind of take it or leave it to more of like, you know what? These things were created for a reason. Mm -hmm. uh, I have a friend that knows pretty much a lot about these things, right? Yeah. What can I learn from him? Okay. To have a better reflection of myself and, you know, move forward as I, you know, move into my mid thirties into my forties into my fifties. So I'm on full board to learn more all about okay. the Enneagrams. So what would you say is the reason you haven't done necessarily so up to this point? Um, I think there was a lot of stuff over the last couple of years that we'll, we can get into um, where I felt more consumed and wrapped up in a lot of different things, both in the, my professional and in my personal to where you just kept going, right? You're just, you're, you're, you're full speed ahead and just nonstop to where you're like, okay, I don't have time to think about this or mm. that. But in reality, you are actually at that time limiting yourself to what you can, cannot do. Sure. So if, if you're, if you're that strong headed person and you're just like, I got to do this, I got to do this, I got to do this. You're not really taking a look at yourself and being like, well, Alan, this could be a personality trait that you may want to just assess and look back on yes. to prevent you from going further and further, further down. Like you said, there's two paths, personality traits that are good and bad, right? Yeah. So I think for me now that, you know, being outside of um, a couple of the things that have happened, I've been able to take a step back and look at myself and go, okay, you know, being away from, you know, with, with up all night, no longer performing, um, you know, that has taken a huge step forward for me to be like, okay, you know what? I was working with, you know, four other people, different yeah. personalities, but there's a common goal there. And I believe that's in one of your talking points that we'll get into. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, you know, that's the thing where it's like, well, it's gotta be this way, but in reality, it really doesn't have to be that way, right? It's it's like, but I think taking, being away from a situation that you're consumed in or you're passionate about that you love, yes. you kind of have like these blinders on where it's only this, it's only this, but there's a lot more out here that you can still utilize and bring in to that tunnel essentially. Yeah, and and this is kind of essentially the the point that I wanted to make because one interesting topic when you kind of get into the Enneagram is people, and then you have these types and then kind of naturally people want to know like, well, is one type more common than the others or is one more rare? Curious than about that myself. Well, okay. And, but here's the problem with that is that you're never getting a random sample of people. You're, you're basing it on people who are naturally interested in it. And because we're talking about personality types, different types may have different levels of interest or, or willingness to even engage with the Enneagram. For example, in, in the last one, I've heard this notion that Chris's type, type six, is by far the most common type, like 50 or 60% of okay. people. And that came up with Chris, and he was sharing this story where he uh, he noticed he went to his church group, and he's talking there, and he's like, oh my God, like, 50, maybe even 75% of the people there are type sixes. 
And I made the case, wait a second, like this is a church group. This is not a random sample of people. This is a people with, you know, a certain set of beliefs, a certain set of morals, a certain type of um, temperament. So rather than trying to generalize that and say, oh, because my group is 60% type sixes, I think sixes are the most common type. I say, what if actually sixes are just um, predisposed to be interested in say Christianity more likely than other types. So they're not the most common type. They're just the type most likely to gravitate towards, towards cr- this sort of religion. community yeah. or this system. And likewise, I've seen uh, some online tests that that suggest type eight is uh, one of the most rare types. And you could take that at face value and say, well, the test that people took said type eight's rare, so type eight must be rare. But you could also make the case, and I think this is more close to the truth, that exactly what you said, you have this willful type. You have this type that can have tunnel vision on my goal and my thing I'm trying to accomplish and achieve yeah. and bring into this world yeah. that it's, you know, and the strategy to do that is discipline and hard work and commitment and drive and just kind of relentless pursuit. So it's not always apparent like why I would need to take a break from my discipline drive tunnel vision right. focus towards right. this goal and like yep. learn about deeper stuff about myself or like how other people relate or where they get stuck in their fears like so are type 8s really rare or might they just be a type more focused on practical action taking and until they go through a hardship in life or until they you know mature and have other responsibilities right. may not appreciate why they would even need to know about the Enneagram or something like that. Well, and I think too, a big thing is is knowing or being around a person that has a wealth of knowledge in this specific area, right? So you could have a group of people that, you know, I was reading a book or I was reading this or and it was all done in a book that these these people don't even know. They don't even know the author. They don't, right, right. But, but where I think we have an advantage as being friends of yours, it kind of makes you think a little bit in a way of, okay, well, you know what? Elliot knows my personality. He's been a good friend. You know, he's bringing these things to light rather it be than the sixes, the eights, threes, twos. You then, I think you kind of start thinking, okay, well, you know what? There's a lot of things he's probably, you know, he's making sense on because yeah. he, he wouldn't be bringing these things up to his friends and saying just, you know, for all purposes, just saying, well, I'm just saying this just because you, you are like, you know, you, you were talking to us at practice, you know, many of times. Right. And, uh, I think that's where we have an advantage to everybody. That's a part of Elliot's, um, life to, to, to harness that. And, um, cause self-reflection, I think, again, not just self-reflection, but it's, it's definitely opened my eyes. So I'm glad to be on the podcast and, Great. and talk about this. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's another good point is that, you know, type eights might have that specific, like, you know, like, I'm not sure why this is relevant or practical. I just want to go ahead. But a general thing with the Enneagram, you know, you have this deep psychological system, but it can be overwhelming. It can be confusing. You might not know where to start. It can seem too theoretical, too conceptual, uh, different sources may have conflicting information about yep. what's relevant or not. So a general barrier that most anyone could have is like, where do I, where do I even start with this thing? 
Would you say that a type eight would also have the issue with acceptance? <sighs> Not, again, I've noticed certain types are more resistant to being like, I'm this type. No, I don't want to be that type. That, yep. you know, but type eights are usually to be like, yeah, I can be, I can be, I can be a little much sometimes. I can be a little hard on the edges. Like, I get it. Like some types really have a, like, I don't want to be that type. I can't be, you know, there's like a real hard, a hard ability to like, uh, accept that I might be that type. Um, but I think type eights are usually one of the quicker types to be like, yeah, good and bad. Like, that's me. <laughs> so take it or leave it. This yeah. is, this, this, this yeah. is who I am. If you, yeah. if you don't like it, you know, it is what it is. So I want to talk about a little type eight thing here. Um, going into it, you know, we said this hard headed, uh, they have archetypal names for each type. Okay. And one of them that gets, uh, is, is useful for type eight. And this can be both in good and bad ways is, is the challenger. Like there's this, there's this element of challenge, like taking on a personal challenge, taking on some discipline or goal to accomplish, but also like uh, to be sometimes a little provoking or sometimes be a little interpersonally challenging. And I want to dig into that a bit because this is actually one thing that has got mentioned on the podcast before we were talking about these types. And in one episode with a friend, we had, uh, what vibe does each Enneagram type? So, you know, again, instead of talking theoretical, like, oh, this type is these traits. Like if you meet this type, like what kind of vibe do they give you? And my friend had said that eights give the feeling of a friendly headlock. So it's kind of like that, that playfully challenging, but you know, like, you know, like let's, uh, like, 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 let's, let's have a little sparring. Like, I want to see what you got. And, uh, I said they, for a different reason that Maybe we'll get to later if you remind me. I said they feel like a deep tissue massage. So it's kind of, <laughs> <laughs> but there is this challenge. Okay. So once, I do want to hear more on that. That's a, that's an interesting yeah. analogy right there. So anyway, one, one thing that I, I recognize pretty immediately with you is that there is this kind of like, and I want to kind of figure out or see if you can expand upon where it comes from, but there is this like challenging kind of, playful, pranky, provoking kind of thing. And I can't remember exactly what it was with you, but I, I just remember like we joined this band up all night, like whatever, six years ago. And I can't remember what it was, but it was something like, you know, I don't wear hats, but it's like, I, I have a hat. And like, you know, like if someone comes and flips your hat, you know, and then like, they want to see how you respond or like, so it's something like that. Or like, say like, we're eating like before a show and you're like, oh, can I have your fry? And you just like, so there's like something about you that like does like that kind of thing where you're, you're, you're provoking or you're testing a situation. And I don't know if that's totally unconscious, just fun, or like you're trying to like gather some information about a person in that. But um, do you know what I'm talking about? First of all? Yeah. So, I mean, I think for me, um, you know, I, I get, I mean, maybe it's, it's, it's kind of like that subconscious, some sort of thing that you just, you're just not even post. Cause I mean, when I think about it, like the, the fry, for example, right. It's like, yeah. you know, maybe, maybe new me, right. It's like not going in and being like, Hey, I need that fry or give me that. Right. That would yeah. be uh, I feel like that would be somebody else in the band that hopefully we can have on the, the, uh, the podcast to, uh, to, to go, Oh, that food looks good. I'm going to, oh, I'm, I'm yeah, going yeah, 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 sure, sure. to take yes. that, that fry. Let me, let me get that fry from you. Uh, yes. Yeah. Alan. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I can't say like I would be, 
in a provoking way. Now it's like, it's playful. It's like, sometimes it, it could border on disrespect, but it's, except for one incident we might talk about, like it's mostly playful. But this is what I realized early on, like, cause I've seen this before. I see what you're saying. Okay, I'm, and, I'm, I'm looking, you know, putting like I've seen this before. I've... I'm like, if I let him just tilt my hat and we laugh about it, like he's like asserted some type of dominance or whatever. And then like every time he wants to play some like prankful, like prank or joke, like I'm going to be at the <laughs> other end of it. Okay. So I recognized that early on and I said, you know what? I have to meet him like tit for tat. And if he's going to flip my hat, like I need to pour like water on his shirt or something to like establish that. Yeah. If he's going to okay. play these jokes, like, it, it, like I'm going to meet him like, and it's not going to like <laughs> go too far. Right. Right. It's never, uh, it's never like an intentional, like harm. You're right. right. It's never this like I'm not here to bully. I'm not here to you know provoke in a in a rude or mean manner. Um, it's just that uh, you know yeah more like the the buzz of Home Alone kind of deal, right? Not not everybody liked Buzz, I guess, but you know okay uh, <laughs> yeah yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I see it. But then maybe there are some things that again open me opening me up to these things helps me you know become a better well, a, a better see, person but this is the thing like i wouldn't want to get rid of it because it's it's entertaining and it's amusing but there is that so eights have this like core motivation of like power and strength and control and again that can become totally disrespectful and domineering but like, well, especially in today's times it's, i mean yeah. it's, it's it's i mean i mean we're, we're seeing a lot of different things change in the world right um you know some for the better some for the worse you know, um, but in small doses, like it's kind of just socially amusing, you know, again, it's right. It's, it's, uh, and like, it's, maybe there's that self amusement aspect of it. Maybe that's why you do it. You know, like you could say like, oh, you're trying to figure out like who's strong or who's weak and like, who's, who's got a backbone and who does it. Like you could, you could say maybe on some conscious level, but yeah. you know, at the other level, like it's just kind of amusing and you want to see like, who's willing to play with you. Like who's willing to recognize like you're kind of like inviting this like yeah. playful kind of spar yeah. into the. But you know, a lot of that too, over the past few years, I've seen that to be like, you know, looking back on it going, Hey, well, just cause I flipped your hat. Right. Doesn't mean you like it. Yes. Right. Doesn't mean, you know, you like to be touched. Maybe you're having a bad day, right? And the last thing you want is somebody coming and literally flicking your hat off. Even though my intent isn't that to be like, you know, dominant or anything. It's yeah. just to just kind of like, like, dude, like, I've had a shit day. Why are you, why are you, you know, fucking with me essentially? And it's, yeah, and, and, yeah, and that's yeah. where I've been able to see a couple different things over the past couple of years. Okay. Um, there's still parts of that that do live within me, um, you know, especially yes. people that have been doing this for a long time too. Uh, yes. People that are watching probably do know who they are. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So uh, this was the point I was making on the last, you know, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's definitely, again, it's, it could be a, a character of mine. Um, yeah. but, uh, but I don't want it to be, yeah, where it is like aggressive or somebody's like, dude, just, you know, stop, stop that. You know, right. We're, we're and, for uh, that shit. Like this was the point I was, well, first of all, like, yeah, it's like you like getting reactions out of people. And with like the one in the band, I think you knew at a certain time, like you could say certain political things. Like, I don't even know if you believe them, but you know, like if I say this, I'm going to like get a reaction out of it. Like you like to see that you have an effect on other people or you can get like a reaction out of them, that kind of thing. There's a little power in that, you know, yep. again, 
Um, and then probably to wrap this com- this part of the conversation up, the, the, the funniest example of this that came up in a, um, a, a prior episode, you know, I recognize that you do these kind of like little power play challenges. And I said, it was important to me to like rise to the occasion and show like, you know, if you take this too far, I'm going to go there with you. Yeah. And then we're going to have war. Uh, there's another uh, member of our band who did it, I think, rise to those uh, those challenges and kind of let you just, you know, keep getting away with the the metaphorical uh, flick of the hat, so to speak. And uh, that resulted in what we talked about, you know, I was talking about eights are like a friendly headlock, but if you don't play with them, then the headlock can tend to get like a little more aggressive or they might not respect you. So long story short, uh, we had this outdoor band gig. And we won't use the objects or anything in the- Oh no, uh, we will. <laughs> those, are, those, are, those are things we have to- uh, <laughs> We have to we have to strike from the uh, from the record. It's already been said, Alan. It's already been said. So I think we need on to where on a prior podcast I told the story. <laughs> which which which? Uh, you, do you not know what I'm talking about? Was it quad? Yes. So we're playing this. Maybe you want to tell the story. <sighs> yeah. So there was a there was a time that again. I mean, the person's name. If it was on. Yeah, we can. I we you can know, say it at this point. It's been uh, it was just, um, you know, it was a it was a situation, you know, a few years ago that uh, there was some some ladies undergarments that were laying on the side of the stage. I have no idea how <laughs> they got there outdoors. Knows, yeah. Okay, so they were not they were not anybody from our band. Uh, we don't know who's who's they were. Why were they, or were or there. there? If they were, if they were, you know, from. Uh, you know the, the work event, the the, the you it's, know, and we'll, you it's know. up to the imagination on yeah. that one. Um, you know, it's uh, but anyways, the, the the point was is that there was some of this. There was the, the women's undergarments, and uh, I proceeded to take a drumstick, and I grabbed them, and I just was like, to one of the other band members, um, who was also featured on a podcast, loving the death. I was just like, hey, look fast, and he looked up. <laughs> And the intent was for him to move out of the way, <laughs> but he did not see them coming. Yes, and they they hit him. They hit him. They hit him right in the face. They hit him right in the face. And uh, um, it, again, we all laughed. Yes, we did laugh. We um, all laughed. Some of them claimed to have puked in their mouth. Yeah, but, it yeah. was. It was definitely. It was one of those times where again, like a uh, headlock. That turned into just like, like, oh shit. Like yeah. it just, it, it meant, it, the, the, the meant, they're like, why was I doing it in the first place, right? We, we could go back to that and say, why, yeah, yeah. why would you do it in the first place? Yeah. But again, the relationship that, that me and this other band member have, right, over the, you know, how we've grown over the past, you know, almost what, six, six years, seven years now, um, you know, has been great, right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, fun and friendly jokes to some, to others, it's just yeah. like, Whoa, that's that's some you know some some weird shit to yeah. do, and uh, yeah, yeah, um, and that's a story. And I think just to wrap this up, like to me, there's no concrete answers here. Like, you know, like I don't think you should stop like this at totally because like it's funny and it's light and it's playful, but it's that situational intelligence that you spoke to, like. Not everyone wants this at this time and maybe it's not appropriate, but it's like on some level, like it's the spice of life, you know, and makes, yeah. and I think one big thing that like came out, if I remember like 
the speeches like, you know, kind of at your wedding and thing. Like to, you know, everyone kind of like talk, you know, like there's that, oh, he's like, the, like people like say you're the asshole, yeah. but you're like the lovable. Like there were so many people at your wedding that like also spoke to like how much of a social person you are. And right. like when we played band shows for your birthday, like a ton of people come out. Yeah. So it's not like you're the crude asshole that no right. one likes. It's like, so like those things all like, you know, it makes it fun. But, and sometimes it goes a little too far, but it's like, if everyone's too clean, then like, it's, you know, it's not fun, you know? So anyway, I don't think there's any, you know, and sometimes it's playful and maybe sometimes it's testing who's trustable or who's going to stand up. Like, who knows? It's a bunch right. of things. Right. I don't think there's any easy answer to it, um, but it's a, it's a funny observation. It's a funny facet to to talk about. I don't know if you have any other closing thoughts on that, but... No, I think I think you 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 know you hit it perfectly. I think for me it was right is just being more self aware of the surroundings, right? It's like you still have that. Well, that's just Alan. Like you know, Chris will always say, "Well, hey, that's just who he is." Yeah, right? you know. Um, and I have a lot of friends that just you know over the years have just been like, "Okay, well, this is this is Alan, right?" Um, you know. But right, I never, you know, when I have a common goal in mind, right, there's always like this thing of like when you go into business with your friends, right, I feel like there's this this thing of like, okay, hey, guys, we're all here for a common goal, right, to have a good time, to succeed in what we do and excel in what we do, right? And I feel like that's where sometimes that can get kind of lost in translation where it's just like, okay, well, if you're going to have fun, right, you want to have fun and enjoy doing it, right? But also know that there's a lot of work involved that goes into it, rather it being, right, writing albums, right? You and Laura writing the albums, um, mixing the albums, producing the albums, right? You essentially could just write the music, record the music, and then have it mixed, mastered, and sent off and have somebody else do it, right? But you are putting in the time and, and effort into doing this where you already know that, okay, I've written, I've recorded, but now I know that my time is going to develop by mixing, mastering, and then of course, you know, releasing compared to just, just writing and recording. So you know that your structure of goals, you're not gonna wanna say slack off, right? You're, you, you know that it's just like, you can't sit back and just go, okay, no, I want this album to be released. So I have to put forth all this effort to make it happen. And I think sometimes that can get clouded when you're hanging out with friends or doing business with oh, friends. Oh, sure, sure. That's sure. what I was going with. I know I kind of went off on a tangent. Okay. But see what I'm saying? So it's just like you have you have the, the father figure or the nice uncle, right? But sometimes, okay. sometimes right. you know, or the fun uncle, right? The fun uncle. To where, though, there still has to be a, a, an assertiveness, mm. but also still the playtime that if does that does that make sense it if, makes sense and you know we talked about earlier um that you're this you're you're this main type but you also have the uh a stronger generally a stronger influence of one of the type next years and all this stuff about you know hard work hard play like yeah. the jokes this definitely speaks to the type uh you have two types next to you and you have a seven type which is uh that kind of fun, playful, like lighthearted, spirited type of type. And then you have the nine next to you, which is more of a serene, calm, peacemaking, likes to be in nature and, you know, um, 
And you do have both types into you, but I definitely think, you know, what you just spoke to there really speaks strongly to the, uh, in Enneagram terms, like an eight wing seven. So you're seeing some of that. I, I think you just said it perfectly. What did you say? The the father figure and like the fun uncle. Yeah, the fun like, uncle. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So that's like, that's like, again, without, I love this, without necessarily even knowing the technicalities of the Enneagram, like that's like that eight wing seven vibe that, that you kind of just said um, really perfectly, actually. So then would you say for the types, it's never, it's always in order. It's not like, oh, well, type eight wing three. Definitely in the beginning stages of Enneagram theory, it's definitely the type next to yours rubs off. Okay. And once you get into it, and this is what I'm, you know, trying to teach. Once you get into it, you eventually get to this point of exploring all the types in you and seeing that as much as you have this dominant type and as much as this dominant type of yours has a wing that is not eight wing three, but it has to be eight wing seven or eight wing nine next to you. So like there's these foundational rules that you kind of follow to to learn the basics of it. But at some point you do have to stop over identifying with I'm this type, I'm not that type. Because on some level, your type is just a way of categorizing your current level of motivation or preference or fear and desire. And on some level, those things remain constant. Sure. But on another level, obviously, as you learn about yourself, in particular, as you learn about your fears or like, you know, things that you should probably let go of, different aspects of being you know, come into play and then you have to wrestle with those and figure out yep. what that's all yep. about. Yep. So it can be, that's the challenge, you know, of, of learning the Enneagram that we spoke to and maybe why it's good to, or assuring if you have someone who knows about it, because- That's huge. I mean, that, right because there, that's, that, that's, that's like, that's already an A There are a all right these there. loose concepts or theories that can be useful at a certain time, but also at a later time may no longer be useful or relevant and may be a little constricting. Yeah. So that's that's a challenge. Yeah. All right. Does that answer that question? Moving on. I think yeah, we can move cool. on. If you if you feel good, we can we All can right. move on. So we've we've talked about the band. Let's kind of move into the band. And um a couple places I want to start here. Uh well, I asked Chris. I asked Chris the last podcast, like you know, all these play, it was, it, it was a really unique experience. The band's kind of like a family and you have all these different people with, whether you classified Enneagram or not, different personalities, different walks of life coming together for this common goal. And, you know, I asked him like, everyone kind of had their different role in the band. What was yours? And, uh, do you remember what he said? Uh, yeah. Did he say, uh, was it, was it band leader? No. Uh, owner? He said, I'm favorite I'm asshole. Cheerleader. The cheer. He's oh, the cheer- Chris. Oh, Chris. Yeah, Chris. I thought you asked yes, me. I thought yes, you meant no. me. Okay, oh, no. I'm asking no. you a second. Oh, yeah. Chris, Chris said Chris. <laughs> his role was the cheerleader. Okay. Like, you know, yeah, that's to right. just like saying pump that. everybody up, make them feel kind of good about themselves, and also kind of like keep everyone from tearing each other's necks off when there was a dispute or, you know, differences yeah. of opinions. Um, so anyway, if that's his role, what would you what would you classify your role as? So I would consider myself you know, so both myself and Chris were were part owners of Up All Night, right? 
Um, obviously, I came into Up All Night already. They were established, right? So him and a few other counterparts of his. Well, obvious uh, to me, but not yeah. to everyone listening. <laughs> right, right. So so for those who don't know at home, right. So, so Chris, uh, the band Up All Night was formed prior to me. Um, I joined the band uh, April of 2015. Um and uh, yes, I mean, then, then you know, uh, we had a few members that left. So me and uh, Chris decided to take things in a, in a different direction by, um, you know, partnering together, right? So there's a lot of things that while Chris saying cheerleader, there's a lot of things that I'm very thankful for him to help me out with over mm-hmm. those years. Um, so I would say that I would be band leader, uh, driving force to get things done. Yeah. Right, I think that would be my 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 role, um, you know. But you know, in all honesty, everybody we if one of us failed, we all failed, and that's yeah. what I was always saying. Practice, right? I'm like, if one of us goes down, we all go down. The five of us, we are what makes this band. It's not me, it's not Elliot, it's not Kaylee, it's not Holly, it's not Chris. It's what we make this band because of what we all bring to the table and how we all. If we're a bunch of siblings, right? We're brothers and sisters. And then we hate each other, and then we love each other, but then we hate each other again. Um, you know, we all come back with the, with the purpose of you know just enjoying everybody's time. Yeah. So yeah, I'd say I'm, I'm, a, I'm a band leader. Yeah, and and that is an interesting story, particularly because it's sometimes easy to be the band leader when you start the thing, right? You're yeah. like, well, I started it, I'm the leader, yeah. but yeah. you got hired yeah. as the drummer. Yep. Yet kind of even then not as the new guy yeah. you know became the band leader and i know chris uh there's just an interesting dynamic between you and chris of like um respect but also like kind of playful challenges along the way and you know one of it his works. jokes was like you know he wasn't the best drummer but he he uh he had some good business connections <laughs> so uh we 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 got him in the band but so as band leader like yeah what kind of what did that like what did you what did you bring to the band what i mean i know the answer in some sense but how did you go from hired drummer to band or maybe it was apparent when you got hired because of what they knew you could bring to the band at the time yeah so um i i joined the band in 2015 uh the band opened for obviously the the toys band um well now the old toys um no prior. Not oh, so you actually, you provided some opening opportunities. Is that right? So Up All Night provided prior me to um, a couple festivals in the area that were opening for the toys. Okay. The and toys was, are, again, to add some context, uh, we're from Milwaukee and I, I like to call it like the the cover band mecca of the world. Yeah, it's because, uh, it's definitely the, the, the cover band mecca definitely hits <laughs> in may Milwaukee. Be, that right? may be overselling it a bit, but- <laughs> You know, there's a strong drinking culture around here. And you need a podcast on church festivals too, the Milwaukee scene <laughs> with festivals. Because there's so many people I talk to in other states that are like, what, oh, yeah. what do you mean? What are you, what are you guys talking about? You guys yeah, have church, so, church festivals that, that, what? Yeah. So as much as there's, you know, winter su- can suck sometimes, but that means that summers are all the more exciting. And then we have a strong drinking scene and we have things like Summerfest, the world's like, I don't know. Every festival claims to be the world's the largest or the music. biggest, but I think with the most know, stages, it's like this, I think that's yeah, the big it's thing. like this. And then we have State Fair, and Summerfest is this huge, like thirteen day or 11, whatever music festival, and it goes from noon to the evening. And in the evening, you have 
big national established bands come in. But throughout the day, from like the noon to even sometimes eight o'clock slots, you have time for local bands. So there's a lot of opportunity for local cover bands to play at like big uh, summer fest festivals at state fair. And then, yeah, we have a lot of churches uh, who have these kind of like fundraising outdoor festivals in the summer as well, and they'll have bands. So there's a big... Uh, cover band scene in in the milwaukee area and this band that alan mentioned the toys has for a long time been one of the more well-established yeah through the years they've been yeah and i think too i mean what's interesting too is i mean obviously going on a totally side note here is you know the the music scene in what milwaukee is completely different than chicago right i mean you see you see you know you, know, you got Nashville, right? You got obviously California. You know, even even Minneapolis has you know has a lot of stuff. Um, so I think you know the the cover band scene here um, is a lot more exposed and a lot more promoted than maybe in some other areas of the country. And that brings with it business opportunities because yes. the starving artists working on their original music, yes. which I know a thing or two about, don't always bring in the big money, but you know, when you're playing cover songs that everyone likes, everyone knows, That'll and you it. can bring a big draw of people, That'll do it. like you can start, you know, asking for some legitimate money. So yep. uh, there are some legitimate uh, income opportunities in this. So anyway, let's yeah. go back to that. Yeah. And so there's a lot of great bands in the cover scene here in Milwaukee. I mean, we have a lot of different ones over the years. Um, but so I was approached... Um, to audition and I did not get it the first time. Okay. Yeah. So I, forget I did, about I did that, not get yeah, it. I they went that. with, they went with somebody else, which was, yeah. you know, which was perfectly fine. Um, and then I think the, the drummer had some other commitments. So he ended up moving on to something else. Um, I think he might've been moving and then they had called me back and, uh, I wasn't sure that I wanted the role. And because there were some changes in the band that were happening, that when I auditioned for the band, uh, those members were some of those members were not going to be a part of the, of the part of the band anymore. And I said, okay. And so um, I ended up coming and seeing the new hire at the time, um, and I knew instantly. I'm like, we have something here. Right. So, so I knew right away, I'm like, you know, we have, we have a, a, you know, we had great singers that were a part of the band before, but now it's like, you know, kind of like the, you know, Favre and Rogers era for Packer fans, right? It's like, <laughs> Hand off. you know, you know, you have, you have Brett Favre, right. And then you have Rogers, but you know, Rogers just ends up being such a, a great person. You, you just kind of knew, you know, like, okay, we have, we have something special here. So, um, I then, decided to join the band and then there were some changes where based off of my prior work with being a roadie for another cover band over the I mean 10 years right so you were very familiar with the scene from a young age i from mean what age. scene did you yeah. what age did you start becoming associated with these I was cover bands f- in the scene 15 15 and you start and is that when you started going to shows or what age did you i think you were a drum tech or something at yeah some point? so i started playing drums in sixth grade yeah so uh then of course obviously the the the, the and big, we knew the, each we, other yes yeah, so we did know each other going into from going, we were in like <clears throat> rival high school band kind of thing yeah. so that and, was fun uh, you know uh we played soccer against each other oh i don't remember that yeah. thomas moore some- versus uh versus st francis but, okay okay all right all right 
No, wait, no, it was, it was no, it was Thomas More. Uh, 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 yeah, I'm dating myself here. Um, I thought we played together. I thought we played at least one or two matches. I don't think I ever played. I don't think we ever played Saint Fran. But anyway, this is probably not the most interesting. Topic we would have kicked our ass anyway because well, <laughs> we're not a. Uh, Zoom in on this because we got the stellar, uh, stellar <laughs> soccer player right here. Hey, we won state, man. I, so. Exactly. I mean, my 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 point is uh, my point is proven there. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, no. So, uh, so I started playing, and then um, you know, obviously the cover band scene. So I kind of liked the whole ability of 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 going to cover band shows, and you know, they were playing a lot of like you know pop, pop punk, classic rock. They were doing all of the, all 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 the other things, um, other genres. And uh, yeah, it was just something that drew me to to the whole live music scene, right? And I think that's where I just became, yeah, I, I started becoming a, the drum tech and a roadie and just humping And gear. what age was that so, at? Yeah, I was 15. 15. That, 15. Yeah. I mean, some of those like bar shows, you're not even supposed to be able to get in it, but more festivals. So Yeah, so it was a lot of festivals. That so was, what I mean, made it was, you want to go from just being a fan in the audience to like, hey, let me... let me be the drum tech. Like, let me hang out backstage. Let me have some role or responsibility in this. Yeah, I think because I always wanted to play in front of a crowd. Okay. I think I always wanted to have like a, like, oh, it'd be like dreams of being a movie star, dreams of being an athlete or whatever, right? It's, it's, you know, there's kind of things that just kind of, you kind of grow up with and you're like, man, that'd be really cool to play in front of, you know, you know, just not in the basement, right? Or, uh, you know, but you know that again, work goes in there. Do you have to play in front of 20 people to play in front of a thousand? Right? Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know, just something about that, right? And I liked the way it just clicked with me when I started playing drums. Um, I I just like music, right? I think music is the the center point to everybody. I mean, if you think about it, right? No matter what we go through in this world, rather it be, you know, in the US, overseas, whatever, somebody has their music that they listen to to help them get through yeah. anything. Sure. Anything, right? I mean, I mean, anything. Yes. Um, you just, you just, you, I would say music is the most peacekeeping thing that we have, I think, today. Okay. I mean, that's, that's my thought, you know, where it's just, you know, you'd rather it be hip hop, rather it be R&B, rather it be folk, rather it be rock. There's, there's something there that speaks to people. And can transcend language and differences. Yeah, certainly. That's, yeah. Yeah. So that's where I, I kind of like, kind of gravitated towards it because I'm just like, you know, something about this. And then, of course, again, it's like, so something about music, but then also something practical about like, hey, if I want to do this, like, I should get involved in it. Like, I shouldn't just watch from the audience. Like, I want to know yes. how it works yep. from behind the scenes. I want to be part of it. I want to know what goes into it, kind of thing. Yeah. And determination, right? You're like, okay, in order to do this, you have to put in this. Yeah. Okay. Right. And it All can right. be for, any type of career or hobby, even hobbies, you know, take a lot of yeah. <laughs> determination and will and, you yeah. know, uh, sanity, mm -hmm. right? Because, you know, it's like, if you believe in something and you're strong about it, it's, it's, it can, it can help. Yeah. 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 All right. So you got all this experience roading, Roading, is that the right word? That's a, yeah, being roadie. a roadie. Okay. Roadie. Yeah, it's yeah. a roadie. Being yeah. a, you know, being behind the scenes. And then that helped you, or that was an asset by the time that you got hired by this cover band up all night. Yeah. And, and you know, so when, when that started, I brought to the band, I said, look, I said, you know, um, there's been a few bars that I've made friends with over the years by visiting, right? And I'm like, you know, if I ever put a band together and 
or I joined a band, right? And I wanted to, you know, bring them on and say, hey, look, guys, we have a band here that I think would be a good fit, mm -hmm. right? Can you bring us in? Yeah. Right, can you bring us in? And I think that's why Up All Night, we clicked so well was because we had, we had that, right? We had a great group of people that, that put together a good show, right? And again, it's all cover music, right? So no matter what, you could see us, you could see another cover band three or four different times. The chances of you seeing the same thing, same songs, pretty high, right? <laughs> but as you can attest, we tried to make things a little different. We tried to spin things a little differently. We tried to make things more fun, more interactive. Uh, and I think that's where by bringing or joining up on that, I should say, help me then take that next level, right? Because now it's like, okay, you're, you're a drum tech. You were playing with your, your original band, right? You were playing shows with that, but then, you know, original music, your buddies were like, hey, you know, we're not, we don't want to do this anymore. So you're like, okay, well, I yeah. still want to play drums. I still drum. Yeah. All right. Well, I was drum tech. I got more familiar with more of like, okay, behind the scenes. And then it was like, okay, well now do I just want to be a drummer or do I want to start pretty much driving things to be like from the business side? Because To, to, to make it happen, yeah. Right. So when you were hired, even though you weren't an original member, I think it was pretty understood that you weren't just coming on as the drummer. Like you were coming on as this guy with connections maybe and some yeah. type of vision and some type of um, like leadership quality. Yeah, and I didn't want to step on anybody's toes, right? Because hey, I was the new guy, right? And I'm like, you guys were the ones that put together the band and you know brought on the people and everything. And I'm like, yeah, I don't want to step on the toes. However, bringing me in, these are some insights that I think we could use. Things that I've seen, like yeah. things that I've heard, things that I've been through. Yeah. From just being in that scene. Yeah. So not from a business standpoint, because I, I was I was not involved in any of those decisions at all. Yeah. Um, with with you know with with, with the toys, um, but studying and learning and seeing methods to people, right? Rather it be just not necessarily the toys. I mean, just you know, I was doing TED talks, right? Because there's a lot of things that you can take as a leader. And wait, 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 wait. You were doing TED talks. What? I was reading them, uh, okay, uh, okay, watching okay. them on YouTube. Okay, okay, so okay, I, okay. I would read transcripts. So these are again some more things that you probably are, not, are finding out about me now. Okay, all right. <laughs> but I would do TED talks, and I would see, okay, well, what what things can you bring to your your management style, like leadership kind of your leadership yeah, skills, yeah, yeah. right? Okay. Because you know, rather you're you're leading a band or you're leading a team at a restaurant or at you know anywhere, right? Yeah. Your leadership skills can pretty much do a lot yeah. depending on how you, yeah. you know, convey them to your to your to your 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 peers. And um obviously up all night was not employees by any means. We were all friends as you I mean we were never we were all, that's all the us, other thing about it. I mean a yes, band is a, a really interesting especially when you start making some money like it is it's a really interesting dynamic because it is both a business and a friendship yep. and not many things yep. uh, are simultaneously that businessy and that friendy at the same exactly. time. Exactly. You are in you are in a spot where you're like, hey, I get to hang out with my buddies on a Saturday night and go 
play at a club and, 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 and drink and have a good time. But then there's an element of accountability and yep. showing up yep. and doing, you know, yeah, yeah. It's yep. a very interesting dynamic. So yeah. from my point, you go, okay, well, how can I get this across to four other people, right? Do those four other people have the same drive and ambition to take that to the next mm -hmm. level, right? Yeah. To where like, okay, we're not playing arenas, we're not playing stadiums. You're still keeping that happy medium where you're just like, hey, you know what? I get to go and play in front of a bunch of people, right? Where we've had people, and you were in the band for this, where people would say, hey, you know what? We like coming out and seeing you guys because you guys, you know, you put, you put on a great show and, you know, I'm going through a divorce right now, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're my escape, yeah. Right. So you have people like that that come out. We don't know what they're going through, right? That that person decided to share that information with us. Um, you know, and I I didn't I didn't know him, right? He he, you know, he was coming to shows and he he told me he's like, Hey, I come come to shows, stand in the back. And he's like, But I just want to let you know that, you know, I'm uh, uh I'm going through a divorce, but you know, you know, you guys really helped me get through some stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, that right there is like a checkbox to me to go, okay, you know what? Tonight we've made, we've hopefully we made everybody happy, right? By playing songs that they enjoy. Because again, it's like a drug to where like you start singing a song and everybody in that room is feeling something completely different. It could yeah. be, I mean, the Don't Stop Believing, right? All right, super popular song. Cover bands love to hate to play it, right? <laughs> yeah, you well know, yeah. uh, just as, you know, but but at the same time, if you take it a perspective and go, okay, well, there's there's a hundred people in the crowd, two hundred people in the crowd, three hundred people in the crowd. At what point is "Don't Stop Believing" taking an effect on them? Some are just like, oh, I fucking love this song. Others are like, oh my gosh, this was a prom song. Yeah, this yeah, yeah. was this was something that we played at our wedding. This yeah. was so you start seeing, and I think that's maybe where again more of like getting a little deeper into the thought of music. Mm -hmm. That's what I kind of like too. So it's like, it's more so being able to help people, but also enjoy playing. But in order to have those two things, it does come at the cost of trying to put on a good product yep. and other things that may get in the way. Yeah. And I think as kind of a leader, that was a, a source of tension. So I want to, I want to go into that because right, these are your friends, but you know, and you, you are there for fun, but in some cases there's that uh, need to like keep everyone in like, like what's our ambition? What's our goal yep. we're driving for? Yep. And, you know, so I'm thinking, I want to trying to think of how I want to phrase this question, but you know, with that ambition and that goal, how do you deal with people who may not have that to the same degree and want it to be just purely fun or, that kind of thing, you know, it's like you have this vision for what you want it to be. So, you know, that's a place to take that. Another place is, you know, if you have an ambition mismatch, then you can start getting angry or frustrated with people. And, you know, all those yep. are kind of dynamics that can come up. So do I need to phrase that a little more specifically or does that give you some food for thought to talk about? I mean, we can go into the, the short version or we can do the long version, right? Because there's, there's the, there's a, the domino effect of things, right? And when you start thinking about the market that we're in, right? You have this effect on, okay, well, if you have one person that just wants it to be fun, yes. right? 
you can't ex- that person can't expect the outcome that they want in the sense of okay if i'm going to go and just have a good time right that effort that i put into it if it's just all fun to you great but hopefully all the other business side of things and all the other stuff about being like because again if you if you put in fun and you don't put in the work you're just like oh i just like singing i just like singing but then again you're not accountable or you know you're 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 missing things yeah. or you right you're not you're, you're fun your type of fun i don't think is actually fitting the mold of what fun and as, as a band, your, your as a type band. of fun is limited because it's it's Correct. You know, there's there's a fun there's a fun element to being good at something. There's Correct. a fun to to like knowing your parts and feeling right. confident and not being nervous about right. messing up or something. And there's a fun to taking it to the next level where you pay for bigger audiences right. or you know something like that. So yeah. And, yeah. and I think you know obviously I I can't use me as an example because I play drums, but like let's just say acoustic guitar, right? You're like okay, I want to go play at a coffee house. Yeah. You go play at a coffee house and completely different vibe than playing at a nightclub or playing at a festival, right? And you're like, oh, I just wish more and more people would come out, yeah. right? Unfortunately, there's certain things that you know that, okay, well, depending on what what path you want to take, okay, I know that maybe yeah. I can go and play, you know, Summerfest as an acoustic guitar player, which there are. There are people that do it and they do well. Yeah. Um, but I think it just depends on what your ambitions are and what you want to succeed. And the band, when I joined, and still to you know, still to the day that we 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 stopped, everybody had that that like we wanted to play in front of crowds, mm-hmm. we wanted to play in front of people, we wanted to have fun while we were doing it. Yeah, but I wanted to always you know make the point and say, all right, guys, there comes the work. Yes, and that work is learning your parts, showing up to shows leaving shows late, right? You know, you'd have to get there early to sound check and get all this stuff. And I think one of my favorite uh, bands of all time is Blink-182, right? And uh, they did an Instagram uh, live uh, a few months back and they were at the venue at like nine in the morning, right? So So they're on their bus, whatever, right? Now, granted... Big differences here from a national touring act compared to a to a to a to a cover band in, in some Milwaukee. Cases, but we had some early load-ins. But, but right to where he's like, okay, he's like, here we are. He's like, I won't see any of you guys for at least another eight hours. Yeah. Right. And he's like, sound check doesn't happen for another six. Yeah. Right. And he's like, but here I am, having to be here. Right. And uh, and again, this is kind of going with the okay, you want to play to a decent amount of people or you still want to play in front of people? Mm-hmm. For it, there's a lot of things that come with that. There's yeah. a lot of things that just come come with it where you're just like, shit, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> you're like, you know, especially for anybody that uh, that doesn't have snow in their area, doing shows like this when it's icy conditions, it's super, super cold and you have yeah. to drive through stuff. It's it's a, it's a whole different, different ball game. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, um... Yeah, on that note. So again, you're kind of playing this this role of like being that source of like, hey, you, you all, we all have this desire. I kind of see that as as a kind of a fundamental. It's like we all have this desire, but like, don't fool yourselves about like how 
what actually goes into it. Like it's fun to fantasize. Right. It's fun to have goals, but like right. don't fool yourselves. And again, that's where it's like, you know, it's like, oh, well, they're being the asshole, but it's like, in some cases, they're just speaking the truth that like, every, so it's it's not an easy, it's not an easy line to um, draw between like keeping people accountable, but also respecting where they're at in life or what, what hardships, you know, they're yeah. going through. Um, so one question I asked Chris was, you know, you were co-managing this band with Alan and you guys both kind of rubbed off on each other. And he said, you know, yeah, he, he identified as the cheerleader. And he said one thing that, and I asked, well, what did you both get out of each other? You know, where you, you by co-managing this band, cause it's kind of a unique relationship. And he said, well, Alan, help me realize like, I don't always have to be the cheerleader. Like I don't always have to people please. Like sometimes, you know, I can be like, yep. this is what I want. Yep. This is what's important to me. Yep. And like, I'm sorry if that brings a little conflict, but like, I got to speak up for myself. Yeah. I think one of, one of the things that I've said to Chris a handful of times and to other people um, is know your worth, right? Yeah. Know, know what you're, worth and what you're capable of. There are things I know, right? That I'm like, you know what, like like Chris, where he's like, you know, I, I just should be more vocal in certain situations, right? And I'm like, absolutely. I'm like, you know, be vocal and rather be in the band or rather it be into, you know, cause sometimes I say, well, you know, my, 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 my opinion just doesn't go over. And, you know, it's, uh, it, it's not easy, you know, having five different opinions, right? You have, you know, and then I think that's, I think that's a huge reason why certain bands succeed and fail, right? Because you have so many different cooks in the kitchen where you want to be able to be like, okay, you know what? All right. No matter what, like Enneagram stuff, I don't know anything about it. Right. But I'm going to be like, you know what, if I'm sitting in a group of people and we're all here for the same purpose, but Elliot is like, hey guys, I feel like I know the most about this based off of history and things. I'm gonna be like, you know what? I'm gonna put my my eggs all with Elliot because I trust him that he will lead us to, you know, he'll he'll lead us to 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 success. Yeah. Um, and so uh, you know, yeah, that's I mean, Chris definitely, I think over the, the years, you know, he's been more vocal, right? Rather just not just for the band, but maybe just in life in general. Yeah, so I think that's a positive impact that you had on him. And now I want to reverse the question, you know, because he is that more kind of, uh, I don't know how to say it, but, you know, concerned about how is everyone doing or I want to make sure we got to get it. So what impact did he have on you, would you say, co-managing the band with him? If you had this positive impact on letting him be more assertive or stand up for himself, like what do you think was one of, or some of the biggest like interpersonal lessons that you learned throughout the course of like being this band leader in terms of relating to the people in the band or even beyond that? Yeah. So I think for me, what Chris rubbed off on was that, that more of the, almost like empathy, right? Yeah. So where like, to where like, I have this, this goal and we all come in here having this goal and we want to put the drive in but as we're trying to put that drive in, there's hiccups along the way, right? Mm -hmm. Where those hiccups for me, I'm like, come on guys, I know you have this. I know you have it. I know the potential. Yes. We've done it before. We've been through this. We'll get through it, right? Where Chris kind of rubbed off on me was how I was conveying that 
dialogue to people. Mm-hmm. So instead of being like, 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 we've been through this before. Come on, come on, do this. It might come off as being like, again, abrasive or yes, yeah. ass, asshole-ish, if that's even a word. Uh, you know, so, so where Chris has been more like, well, hey, let's, let's see where we can basically kind of meet in the middle. Because again, not everybody is a type eight, mm-hmm. right? Or not everybody is that, that way. Yeah. Or, or so, um, that's what I think Chris rubbed off on me. And I think then again, even, even being away from when, when up on that was finished, uh, was taking the step back and seeing, yeah. Hey, all right. You know, there's, there's, and Chris is a great person, right? Yeah. I'll, I'll yeah. yeah. I yeah. won't discount, you know, discredit yeah. all. He's been great, you know, and, and, uh, you know, he's been through a lot. We've been through a lot. And, uh, so yeah, I'm glad to see that both of us through the years have been able to rub off. Yeah, I think. So there's a little bit of a six in there too, I guess that's kind of my wing. Maybe. Well, not your wing, but again, you expo- <laughs> You got all types in you. Uh, you could you could make that case uh, that eights are connected to, to five and uh, actually a two type, which is the heart type, which is actually a super like caring, empathetic, you know, the big softy under, but, and uh, Chris said that, you know, I know he's got a good heart under all that exterior, but. I try. I, th- I think you hit it. You know, I, I think for me, the course of the band was like, again, there's some rough edges at the beginning, but you were never like the domineering, I'm using you all and right. I'm like trying to fuck you over to like advance my own agendas. But, you know, it was that like, let's move this forward. Let's accomplish something. And that could be abrasive, but I mean, to your credit, it really, it, I personally like working with you because, you know, I never took some of the, I, I can stand the abrasiveness fine. And you know, some other people can't. So like that was never really an issue for me, but it was fun to watch over time as I think you became a lot more adept at balancing that, that challenge between uh, leading people towards this goal with drive and intensity, but, like relating to them where they're at and understanding where they're right. at and just, you know, finding that balance between moving this project forward as a business while also valuing the friendships and the camaraderie of the group. And that's not an easy balance to strike, but definitely I think over the course of the band, you became a lot more skillful at finding a nice balance between valuing people, enjoying people, but also being that kind of organizing, driving force. Yeah. And that is a bit of the five part of eight, the the more analytical learning about people taking a step back, studying my own pattern, studying my own effect that I'm having on other people that I might not yep, realize. Yep. And then B, like genuinely enjoying them, genuinely caring for them, genuinely uh, valuing them. And it's, and it's, it's rare that you 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 harness a good group of people in a certain situation like that that have a common goal that are actually genuinely great people. Yeah, that's I mean that's that is to where at the end of the day, you know, they're just generally good people, and yes. I think that that's something that is hard to come by. 
you know, and I think again, going into certain things of where rather it be because not only do you, do you, do you want to be in a band with people that you, you, you love and you're friends with and, you know, you, you, you do anything for them, but at the same time, you want to make sure that, that the, the, the mentality is, is still in there with that common goal, yeah. but you don't want divas. You don't want arrogant, you know, guys or gals that think that they're better than the rest of the band. Uh, Cause that can get lost too. Right. I mean, especially in the music scene, right. There's, yeah. there's a lot of, there's a lot of, um, you know, people out there that probably are in music that, that go, Hey, you know what? If it wasn't for me, this band wouldn't be what it is. Yeah. And I've never taken that approach. I, I have always been like, you know, you can, you can, everybody's replaceable, right? You think about it like that, but what isn't replaceable is the, the chemistry sure. that you can utilize for your group. And yeah. I think that's what we've, 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 we've always, we've always had for, you know, you know since, since you joined the band and yeah, I can't speak for prior years, um, before I was in the band, but I mean, from when I joined the band, I mean, yeah. the chemistry was, 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 was great. And it only just, just, just evolved over the years. Yeah. So I want to talk about, so we kind of discussed how you had the positive impact on the six by letting him be more or urging him towards being kind of more courageous, more assertive, yeah. more stand up for yourself. He had the positive impact on you by, you know, hey, think about how you're affecting people in this way and maybe relate to them in this way. So what you actually want, the point gets across in a way that's well taken and like everyone wins. Yep, yep, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, and I want to talk about also a little bit of, well, I can talk about the effect that the impact of, of you and I, because your, your uh, dominant type is eight. My, my home base dominant type is five. And uh, those two are connected on the, so you have to integrate some qualities of like the, the point five of kind of what I represent. And likewise, I have to uh, integrate um, some of the qualities of the eight, right? Um, and we mentioned something earlier that I want to get back to, but the first thing I want to say is like, God, man, I love being in band with you. And like, it's a good time. I think, so this is going to speak to the eight, five dynamic. Like, you know, we talked about like, you're out there, you're managing things, you're booking the shows, like you're talking to the venues, you're, you're selling the product. Like yeah. you're making sure everything is set up as a machine, like on the business front and where everyone needs to be and, and all that kind of thing. And that's kind of the eight leader role. And the degree to which that frees like the five up, like my role was to kind of be not the band leader, but the musical leader. A hundred percent. I mean, that's <laughs> even coming in when, when, when I hired you, right. It was just like, it was like, you know, when, when, when me and Chris talked about it and Chris like, you know, he's like, I want, you know, he's like, I want to do what's, uh, he's like, dude, do what's best and what you, what you think. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm like, but that was, that was again for me where I'm just like, look, I'm not everything, right? I, I'm, I'm, I, I needed somebody, and then the fact that you, what you brought to the table and the ideas, yeah. it was so new and fresh. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It was. So it was, like, there was, was this very clear division of roles. Like, you're going to lead on this business front, and like, I kind of get the reins to be like, this is how the song should be arranged. Like, this should should play these parts. This is how maybe the set list should be arranged, and then this is how these things flow into that. Like, it was just a kind of awesome experience where, um. I think the roles were clear, they were defined enough and they were different enough that like, again, as much as there were some challenges with other people, I think we had a pretty frictionless, like you do your thing, I do mine and uh, yeah. But I think 
what helped with that too was also, um, I think you having that previous experience of being in a touring band. Sure. Right. Yeah. So, so you, you got it, you understood it. Um, but quite frankly, you knew it better. Right. And that's where I'm like, I don't want to try to even know how some of that stuff even goes. Just like when it comes to singers, right? I'm like, one thing that I that I tell anybody that I that I know that are singing, I'm just like, you're the singer, right? And if there's songs that you know that you're good at, sing those songs. Yeah. Right. But at the same time, you may not be good at those songs. So be able to understand <laughs> that, that, that there are certain things. Oh, is that things, a hard message to deliver? Right. That is that, right. Right. So it's like, you know, and I'm guilty of it too, right. There's songs that I just can't, I just can't do on drums. I yeah. can try, but you know what? I know that I'm, I'm just not, I'm just not near it. And I, and I, I will never attempt because it's just not, yeah. it's just not, not, not in me for that. And, um, you know, but, but you having that clear role of, again, not only, it was trust. That was, I mean, it was like where you were like, we could put a bunch of different songs together and mash them up. And I would be like, well, okay. Obviously it would have to be with the singers. And that would, again, another area where I'm just like, look guys, you are the singers, you are the performers. I can handle the stuff from the business side of things. Yeah. But where I do need your help is on the musical direction side, because I'm not singing. I, I don't know yeah. these things. So that, that was a huge help. So anyway, that worked great. And now um, to share what I've learned from you is actually uh, the problem with me is I can do everything, but then sometimes you bite off more than you can chew. So uh, to, for me, integrating that A component is interesting. Earlier, you know, you talked about, so I'm in this original music project and it's like, oh my God, I'm recording it all. I'm playing bass i'm playing guitar i'm playing banjo mandolin i'm doing keys and you know i've learned how to mix thankfully i've gotten enough sense out of myself that i'm actually putting the the mastering out to somebody else but you know i've realized like i could you know if time was infinite i could probably learn all these things and do them well but if if i want to move this project forward i have to step outside of that five energy that just wants to study everything and get good at everything and do everything at a high level and get more comfortable playing kind of your role, which is delegating and being the container of direction and, and force of the band, but then realizing who has these strengths and letting other people do other things. So you mentioned earlier, like I'll, I, in short, I mix some of uh, the more fun kind of cover songs that the original project Laura and I do, but I'll actually be delegating the mixing and some of the bigger tasks because I'm really trying to get out of that five energy, which uh, focuses on knowledge and competence and just trying to be good at everything and realize that if I want to move this original project forward, I got to take a little more of Alan energy. Yeah. I got to focus on the things I'm good at, but then let other people handle other things. And even in this podcast, you know, I mentioned, um, you know, I'm looking to, I know how to do the audio. I know how yep. to do the video, but I'm looking to delegate some of that to, to free up some time. And I think, but also not lose the enjoyment of what you enjoy doing. Yes. Right. I think because if you're, if, and again, it's, it's called the acceptance of knowing what you 
can't or what you should give up, right? Because if you're like, okay, you know what? I love mixing and mastering. Yes. But that time, I don't have. Because if I have to do that, I'm only one person. So if, if I want to continue playing bass and keyboards and guitar and singing and whatever, unfortunately, you're just one person. If there was 30 of you, right, you could do you could do everything. Um, but also- Make it happen, you know, Just trying to, yeah, it's coming, right? <laughs> um, to where you can still enjoy what you're doing, but accept- that right you, you you're not going to be able to do everything so you you know freelancing things out stuff that you may actually do i think you've already again like you've said the time you already know you're like it's just it's just not gonna yeah. work but at least you still have the enjoyment of writing the music recording the music and I enjoy the mixing. It's just I enjoy in general the playing of the music and the writing yep. of the music more. Yep. So that's why that's where I'm like I need to I need to step out of the the mastery kind of skill department and step into more of the the managerial kind of leader compartment. And you know from a health perspective too, right? I mean, you think about it. If you're if you're pulling you're pulling yourself in 37 different directions, right? It's mm -hmm. it'll catch up to you. Yeah. You know. So anyway, that's why I liked being in a band with you because that stuff was taken care of. And now I realize that I have to be, if I want to get my own project of a duo, which is tough. I mean, it's great when you have all these people bringing their skills. A duo is tough because you got two people that yeah. are trying to move a whole thing forward. So anyway, I'm trying to find some help behind the scenes to help it move. So that's kind of a positive impact that uh, being in a band with you, uh, you know, had on me. So, Well, you'll have to tell me what I would then would then would be so what's your positive that has actually impacted me <laughs> is that I will say and maybe you can tell me if that's where I'm the of the five or wherever wherever how your positives or what I've taken from you and hey I wasn't gonna ask because that's a self-serving question but I mean if hey, you if you have anything to mind that here, you want to share you know? I mean um again I think it was for me it was again your your ambition your eagerness, you're willing to learn, but the ability to also stand your ground. So I was able to use like, okay, well, you know, again, tunnel vision, but in reality, it's not just this way. Your creativity in both inside the band and outside of other you know, conversations we've had, you know, private conversations outside of the band, I've been able to use that and be like, you know what? Because of how creative you are as a person and what you're willing to do motivates me to be like, hey, there, you know, I'm glad that I was able to have an impact, but also I'm glad that I was able to take some from you. Okay. All right. And I think that's a that's huge for me. Now I, my what what is that like I, I'm not like fishing for compliments here I'm trying to understand what that actually means tangible like yeah yeah so I'm I can try to be creative but you know the big thing is is for you was the mashups for the band we used the band oh sure, them, right? sure 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 like sure. hey well you know what it's gonna it's gonna start and stop here but yeah. you know what while that's stopping, I'm going to put in a bunch of, you know, stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, dude, that's fucking awesome. That's yeah. awesome, right? Yeah. And I think the energy that you brought made me feel comfortable with myself 
and also be like, you know what, like, I enjoy being in a band with you. I enjoy playing with you. And uh, it helps me to be a little less tunnel vision and just enjoy the surroundings. Yeah, well, I mean, that thing, creativity actually really requires you step outside of tunnel vision. Yes, it's, yeah. Because you have it, again, if, if aid is this hard driving, focused, disciplined, masked and force, you know, creativity kind of just requires a stillness, an exploration, you know, yeah. trying shit out that may not be good, trying shit out that might be vulnerable, try, you know, all, yeah, it's, it is a different energy too. Yeah, for sure. Because again, if you're going down that path and you're going down that path full steam ahead, you could spend so much time to where being creative could have gotten you to that path much quicker. Yeah, and that is kind or of- Or less slower, but then that's that's what comes to territory. Yeah. Trying trying different things. And that is kind of the, the eight to five connection is, you know, it feels like if I take my foot off the gas, I'm losing momentum. But one image that I always have is like, you're banging your head against the wall. If you would only step back and see that you could just walk around the wall, you know, like- Like, you, why won't this wall move? Yes. Why won't this wall move? I know this wall can move. I know it can move. Let me just get there. And you're just like, okay. Yeah. So that's where it's like, you know, it's not always counterproductive to stay, take a step back, learn about yourself, learn about the Enneagram, um, and then see things from a renewed, fresh, more kind of clear perspective or something. And I think that's what makes the Enneagrams interesting to learn about is because when you sit and talk with people that are familiar, like just being on this podcast alone, I've learned just from listening to you, right? Right on. You see, you see how what your life entails just by having conversations and open dialogue from another person that's just pretty much having an open conversation with you. And you just you just yeah. see just by, okay, you're actually, and you're talking through things of like different things of life. And it's just like, wow, it's like, it's just crazy how, how some of these things come about. Yes. And that, I mean, that's my goal with this, not to make it like a, oh, so you're this type. How did you know you were this type? And how are you integrated? You know, like, I don't want to, at first it just starts with a curious conversation. Yep. And then we can bring the Enneagram in to explain that, but it's not like a technical discussion. It's, it's an open-ended discussion of life and then this is how the Enneagram fits into it. And this is how it gets reflected through. So I actually love having a guest yeah. that isn't like an Enneagram expert because then they can't just yeah. give back the theory or the right technical answer because they don't know it. They just have to talk about their, their experience, you know? Yeah. Um, cool. Okay, here's another question I have, curiosity. Um, you're in a band now where we actually both now kind of have the same, we're not in the same band, but we have the same band leader. And in a lot of ways, if I call you an eight wing seven, he's kind of a seven wing eight. So he's kind of, I think fun first. And then, you know, but also that kind of leader form yep. thing, energy, big visionary for like where this band could be and what it could do. And then a lot of drive. So I want to know, like, what's your, again, in Up All Night, you kind of naturally fit this leader role because that energy wasn't present. But now you're in this band where that kind of leader role and that, hey, I know all the people to book. I know the venues to go to. Like, that's already there. So, yep. like, how do you find yourself in this band? Like, are you more, are you still kind of in that leader role? Or are you more like a pure musician in, in that group? Yeah, so, so, again, kind of, 
in the situation of the, the the band that I'm in now, right, is right where there's there's more of the approach of, you know, hey, I'm just a drummer. Yeah. Right. That's where and that and that was the goal of being being asked to join this band was that was my intent, right? I was you know when I was approached to uh, to join the band. They had asked, you know, okay, this is kind of how we see this band going, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, perfect, and I'm perfect. And I am, again, you know, acceptance where you're just like, what things do you want to control and what things don't you want to control? Mm -hmm. And that's where going into this band, I'm like, you know what? I am happy with what's been what's been happening, right? Okay. So I think so going, so, so going into it and what we discussed is how I am... And I don't have any reasonings to not want to do that. Um, you know, no, like, to, oh, we're doing it this way. We're gonna be doing it this way. You know, uh, not not entirely. You know, I think again, it 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 just comes down to going back to the conversation earlier, where just know that there's six people, five people that are in the room that are all professional musicians. Yeah. That have been around that know a thing or two. And that's, yeah. And that's pretty much how it's, it's been. Cool. Easy, yeah. easy going, huh? Yeah. And I mean, and it, yeah. And for me, I enjoy it because it's, it's pretty much more of that, that role of, Hey guys, this is what we're going to be doing. I've done this and I've done that. Cool. And I'm like, perfect. Because you get to a certain point where, you know, you're like, you've been there, you've done it. You've, you've, you've put in the work. And, you know, you never want to get to a point where once it becomes a job and you're no longer having fun, mm -hmm. that's, that's, that's time to get out because you're doing yourself no favors. So every show that I play, no matter if I'm managing or if I'm just hanging out in the back drumming, it's fun. But I still know the business that needs to go into it. Don't get me wrong, right? Obviously, the stuff that needs to succeed, but I'm... I'm perfectly happy still where I I enjoy what I'm doing. Cool. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. All right. Same for you. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all, right, all right. All right. We're back. We had a little break here. Um, I have to say, I think that uh, just to discuss where we wanted to go, I had a bunch of questions. For, first of all, I'm glad we did this. Me too. I'm glad. I was in band yeah. with you for a long time. Some The fun thing about this is like, these were legitimately curious. I didn't know the answers to these questions. I was legitimately curious about it, you know? We talked about a lot over six years, but some of this stuff I didn't know, yeah. so it was fun, entertaining for me. Uh, I had a lot of ways, I places I wanted to go in this conversation. Stay uh, tuned for more. Certainly, the relationship. You know, I wanted to explore the two eight dynamic a bit more, and some of relationship. I know that uh, there was a time in the band where we weren't sure what Alan was doing in relationship or if he was ever going to commit, but you know. There were a few women that came to shows at various points, but then there was this one that came to a show and then she came to another show and it's like, oh, okay. We're seeing more of her. And then she became Alan's girlfriend and then she became Alan's fiance and then she became Alan's wife. <laughs> um, and, and here we are. So uh, that was definitely a topic that I wanted to go down. Um, this topic, this conversation has been feeling pretty complete, pretty long. So people... If you want to hear more from Alan and you want to hear about what it's like to be in a relationship with type eight, 
you know, maybe like, comment, and then maybe we'll be able to do a, a future episode here with uh, his wife and we'll get a Enneagram relationship perspective, which I think would be awesome and interesting. We yeah, haven't done you have that her uh, at a what type? A three. Three. Yes. Okay. And I think okay. there's some really cool things about that that, that come and, and show and would be super informative. So if you guys would be down for that, I think that would be a fun experience for me. Again, I'm curious about it, but I think it'd be also informative to a lot of people to like see. Like and subscribe. Yes. Comment. Thank you. Let us know what you think. Yes. Um, but to wrap up here, I think we've seen a lot of uh, we've seen a lot of the the Enneagram Eight dynamic kind of come to life. Yeah. Um, the leadership, the dedication, the drive, the focus, the taking a step back, getting other perspectives. You know, the learning to kind of generally care about the people you're working with, and and all that. Um, there's one topic that I've I've been curious about that I, <laughs> you know, if we have, uh, you know, what is, you know, you can read all the, the Enneagram, you know, f- philosophy and, oh, these eights are these driven type, you know, each type has their own kind of philosophy and kind of mottos that they live by, so yeah, to speak. And uh, you have one that's tattooed on you, don't you? I do. Yes. I do. Uh, so... I have uh, a tattoo on on my back, um, and the tattoo basically, again, it was my first tattoo when I was 18 years old. You already answered uh, my I wanted to know what age you got it. Yeah, okay, 18, 18 all right. First. Uh, 18th birthday. And uh, it says self-made. Right? Yeah. So it says self-made on my back. Um, and I think, you know, one of the big things that I stand by, you know, I've gotten shit for over the years, right? So it's like, the again, the playful type A, it's like, oh, you know, you got that on your back, blah, blah, right? <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. And, uh, you know, it's just something I've been like, you know what? It's, uh, it's, it's, it's been a piece of me. And, um, you know, my whole thing was, was there's, there's guidelines in life that, you know, you should follow. Right. I mean, there's rules and things like that, but actually guidelines and you are what you make yourself successful at. Only okay. you can make yourself successful. Right. So it's like, you know, the big thing I got was, you know, well, you're self-made. You're not self-made. Your parents raise you, your mom and dad. Right. Okay. I'm like, yeah. yeah, I get that from, from, from the, you know, the biological standpoint, you know, medical side of things. Right. Yeah. But from a true person, self-building uh, you know, information gathering, right? Learning stuff, right? I feel like yeah. that's that's your true self that you can only build. Yeah. And I think, so for me, that's where that comes from is being in my mid-30s, where does the future hold, right? But I know that I can follow guidelines or I can follow ways. And again, this may not be the right answer because- not being super creative, or maybe you can be creative within these guidelines, but you just follow guidelines, and and I think you are what you make yourself out to be. You choose. You choose your own path, right? Yeah. I mean, if that's if that's a good answer for you, well, you it's, know? it's your. I mean, we're getting your. I mean, I think it. You know, I think it touches on some important points in that. Um, yeah, certainly we all have certain opportunities that are are given to us, but you know. At the same time, if you don't make anything of those opportunities that are given to you, like they, so I think eight really focuses on what you make of those opportunities. Yep. And it can, it can be anything. It's, I mean, it's yeah. from, 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 you know, great opportunities, bad opportunities, 
it's all what you, you know, you do with them. Yeah. Um, and I think another important point, you know, almost anything you say about life philosophy or self-help can be true to an extent, but then have like some untruth associated with it or exactly. something. Yep. So I think like, and that's what it brings to the table. Like make the most of it. Like don't, don't wait around. Don't wait for something to happen. Initiate it, take charge, make the most of it. And one of the shadow kind of places that can go is, you know, you mentioned not liking the diva, not liking the person who overinflates their own self-importance, you know, but I think you even balance that out in the discussion of the band where it's like, you know, as much as you're the leader, as much as you're initiating things like without the band and without the people, you're just a drummer, <laughs> you know, it's, like, it's so exactly like it. as much as you made it or, or might think you made it or might think that you're important because you're doing all this stuff, like, or, you know, the boss, the CEO of a company, you know, it's like, what are you, you know, have a good person under you quit and like you'll understand how important you are and then how important they were you know and all that stuff so um yeah i i i just it's think it's, it's interesting and it's telling that uh that's a phrase that that you know resonated with you and stuck with you and that's and that's that's what you live by i think it's a type cool. eight tattoo uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> if we were if we were doing a an Instagram meme page, <laughs> it's like yeah, it's <laughs> it, it fits the story, but in a kind of stereotype characterized way. But I think th the goal of a podcast like this is not to just you know make a stereotype or a character, but right. but fill out the character you know with with the more details and the subtleties and the nuances. So uh, thanks for doing that. Yeah. Thanks for talking truth. Yeah, yeah. All right. And let us know if you want Alan on for a relationship conversation in the future. Or if not, just be like, no. because I do. I do. <laughs> I'd be happy to. I'd be happy All to. All right. Great. Thank you. Cool. All right. Pleasure to be on. Yeah.